Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Well, here we are. It is episode 67 of Rule 2. Yes. Two away. Two away. You wanted 65? Yeah. Uh, 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 okay. So I didn't like. Can we start that over? Yeah. Cody, no. Let's roll that again. We cannot start over uh, because I guess we can. You know what? Without further ado, Frank Lucatorto is here. That's right. Ooh. It's the editor extraordinaire here at Collider. You are in charge of all the deep fake videos that we've been putting out here today, Frank. You're a Star Wars fan as well. I am, and I am so happy to have you here. Mark Thanks Fernandez for... is on Sith business, but okay. Now we can say, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Dude, Frank, you are one of my favorite people. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. I am so happy to have you here. Everybody in the chat, thank you for joining us here on Episode 67. This is a Guys. celebration of Star Wars. It's Ruler 2. It's here on the Podcast One Jedi Council feed, and we go live every Monday at 5 p.m. PST. We're here now. I see you, Rule of Two Army, in the chat. Thank you for Woo. joining us. We will take some calls towards the end of the show. I will look at the chat, see what we're talking about. But, Frank, how are you? I'm good. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor talk, to have you uh, here. Star Wars and deep fakes. Yeah. So talk, let's talk about the deep fakes real quick. Yeah. This is what is fascinating, guys, that you probably don't know is that, Frank, you learned how to do this pretty much from the get-go. It was Fernandez says, I want to do deep fake. And you go, what's that? Mm-hmm. And then you basically go, okay. And you're able to figure it out. And now we have these videos that are doing very well. We have these. We had the, the roundtable discussion that Mark Ellis did where we had mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum. We have Robert Downey Jr., Ewan McGregor, Tom Cruise. We did George Lucas Reacts. We did that Rise of Skywalker trailer, the Mandalorian trailer. Mm-hmm. What? How? How did you figure this out? Are you just a genius? You are a genius, aren't you? Well, okay. it was a very... Uh, rocky start. Okay. Uh, okay. You can kind of see we were learning as we went. Right. Uh, our very first deep fake videos don't look as good as the ones now. Right. And Is that just because you get better with the technology? You understand it more? Yeah, just because I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And so right. we just kind of uh, figured it out as we went along. Okay. And Salty George Lucas just kind of emerged from the the ether. Yeah. And uh, – that kind of became its own thing. 
And we had a pretty damn good uh, Lucas there to help along the way. We did. We Josh sh- Robert Thompson. Josh Robert Thompson. Unreal. Who was on the show a couple weeks ago is fantastic. Thank you uh, for all the support on that video. And this is something that I find interesting is that we're able to put this technology out there and do stuff like a trailer reaction, like a roundtable discussion on film and streaming services. But where do you see this deep fake technology going? Is it going to just keep getting better? I think so. Okay. I think it's going to keep getting easier and more user friendly. Okay. Uh, and I unless, you know, the motion picture industry steps in and like figures out how to shut this down, okay. I do see a future where you can fan cast whatever film you want to watch. It's like I want to watch uh, a new hope today, but I want uh, Sylvester Stallone to play Han Solo. Or Christopher Walken yeah. to play Han Solo because Click a he auditioned it. The yeah. face is replaced. So you bring up something interesting. What? How could movie studios stop this from happening? Is there something out there? Or is this right now we're just like, let's do this. Let's hope for the best. Technology being what it is, it's, you're saying it's, it could get better and people are, people can do this on their own? Yeah, so right now the barrier to entry is kind of hardware. You okay. need a pretty good computer to mm-hmm. run the uh, program, okay. uh, which costs money and takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but as things get better and faster and cheaper, I can definitely see a future where it is maybe an, an app on your phone or something. Wow. Yeah, because I was thinking when you started to talk about that, I think of cassette tapes. And this is a very weird example, but cassette tapes went to CDs, went to – basically online Mm -hmm. and that's physical media is starting to go the way of the dinosaur and more people just have it on their computer and it's easy it's like i want to listen to this song well i don't have to go to my case logic anymore i can just find it on the internet and and play it so similar like yeah it's also i mean that just kind of made me think it ties back into star wars because whenever i think of star wars and george lucas i always think of like the debate of does George Lucas own Star Wars or do the fans own? I mean, I know Disney does now, but yeah, like, but is I it understand something where, like, with this uh, Greedo shot first thing? Like McClunky. Everybody, everybody's all pissed off because, like, this he went is what and tinkered with it. This again. is what our vision is. That's what your vision is. Yeah. You know, whatever. But this. McClunky. There it is. We got the McClunky soundbite. It, it, like, pushes that a step further of being yeah. able to say, like, I'm going to recast this film now. Yeah. That is. The possibilities are endless to me. It scares me, but it also intrigues me. And what I saw with Josh Thompson doing what he did, and even though I disagreed with the saltiness of it because I love my Star Wars, I couldn't help but laugh but also marvel at that this is actually something that we could do. Yeah. Do you think there's um, – do you think we shouldn't do it? Uh, do I think that – we uh, whatever the gold bloom line from. I'm yeah. not. I'm not even going to try to right, do a right, gold right. impression like, after uh, we just uh, talk, uh, just uh, talked about Josh Robert yeah. Thompson. Uh, you didn't even think uh, that you should do it. I am of the mind that it is not up to me to decide whether or not we should do this. Right. People are going to do it. I think it's really interesting and fun. So I want to keep pushing that boundary, and I think that's what the vibe we're going for here with Collider is to keep pushing that boundary and trying new stuff. That's what I love about it. That's what I love about Fernandez, uh, really, is that he takes these chances and he goes, you know what? I had this idea. He he wrote you about the uh, Lucas reacting to a Star Wars trailer and then he put it to us and we both looked at each other and went, 
That's a good idea. Oh yeah, and and it showed. And uh, well, I, yeah, I think it's really it's a really good idea, and it's really fun. But this is a Star Wars show, not a deep fake show. We are going to talk more about. We can maybe get into Rise of Skywalker, but the meat of this episode is I want to issue a spoiler alert now, and I'm and also apologize to our UK friends that might not get the Mandalorian until March. We're, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. We're going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, if you're listening at home right now, please go and watch The Mandalorian. Or if you have to wait, I, I, I wish it was different. Or and download then come a back. VPN if you're in a country that doesn't stream uh, The uh, Mandalorian. What he said. So we are going to talk about this. We are going to get into heavy spoilers because we have to talk about The Child, the latest episode. Frank has seen it. I have seen it. Everybody in the chat, I hope you have seen it. This is your warning. But it is Ruler 2, episode 67. We're going into it right now. Rise. That's right. It's episode 67 of Ruler 2, and we're talking The Mandalorian. I'm so upset I didn't get invited on episode 69. That but you oh that's what you want okay so episode sixty nine we can bring you back on okay. how's that thank you Thanks, Cody, Cody in the booth I appreciate you being there and appreciate everybody here in the chat I see you uh, there right now thank you for the super chats that came in Scott Ooh. Lee for sending twenty bucks to us no question thank you very much for that and Amir Nail I'm gonna hit your little comment here in two a.m. in Vienna gotta wake up. It's six for work, but it's all good. Rule of two is so on. Do I get like the cash after, or how does that? Yeah, yeah. I have no work? idea. We okay. can talk to Fernandez about that because I don't okay. know where it's going. It's uh, yeah, but we can get you that uh, half of this five dollars for okay. you. Um, so let's start here. The Mandalorian. My God, the Mandalorian. Frank, off the top, how much do you like the Mandalorian, or do you not like the Mandalorian? I am torn because okay. I'm not a huge TV. Person. Okay. Uh, I don't. I didn't want Star Wars TV. Okay. And my issues, you didn't ask for it. Yeah. And my issues with the show stem from the fact that it's a TV show, and it like it feels like it's treading so much water to try to fill up like an episode. Yeah, I can understand that at least for the first two episodes because I feel like it, especially these two episodes were setting up something, and I feel like episode three is going to be coming, and we're going to be it's going to be bigger now. I hope so. Yeah. A lot of this episode was kind of pointless. It's like, what what did we get from this episode? It's learning that Baby Yoda can use the Force. Right. And the Mandalorian seeing it. That's the crux but of to it. To get there, we had to have the Jawas strip his ship, and then he's got to go try to get to the Jawas, but then he can't get up the Jawas, so he's got to go get the egg. And then he goes and gets the egg, and it's all just a big setup right. to look at how par- powerful Baby Yoda is. I'm, and I get that. And for me, it works just because maybe it's because I'm a Star Wars guy and I love the world that they're setting up. But I, I love that they're taking their time with setting up the world and especially just setting up the character. I said it in a tweet. This is so laser focused just on the Mandalorian that the world for me – and I know you might argue with me. People in the chat might argue with me. But that it's – it feels bigger now because we're only focusing on one guy. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars film of all time. Yeah. Uh, because it's the first one that I felt like I finally got to see the world of Star Wars. Right. That's this, my point. This, like, I get hints of it, and then it's just like, oh, this is Star Wars on a budget. And yeah. It's like, I think that's it's by design. So, yeah. I think it's by design. I think that they are doing this to really – 
usher in a new audience and maybe it is over-reliant on nostalgia. Maybe it is. Some people are turned off. I'm going to look at the chat and uh, you guys tell me what it is. I've already seen one that says it's the, it's the Star Wars that, we, that they've been wanting, that this is better than the movies Last Jedi and Force Awakens, Rogue One and Solo, that, that we're getting something special in The Mandalorian. Now, I, can't, I think I can speak for Fernandez that I know he wasn't really digging on the first episode but loved the second one. Okay. And I think he's seen the third and really liked that as well. Do you know what he liked in the second that he didn't like in the first? I don't know because there's a very similar thing going on. And um, he even, you Mark, know, are you calling in now? Are you going to call in, Mark? We can get Cody, him do we go. have a call? <laughs> we do not. All right. <laughs> I love it. But for this to be something that is taking its time, are you still at least intrigued enough to continue on? Yeah. And I'm, I mean I'm, I'm down for it to take its time. It's just – it seems like a lot of pointless TV setup of like, here's an obstacle that we have to overcome just to fit into like a 30 minute right piece. Whereas if this was a movie or something, you wouldn't have, I think, those issues. Right. I kind of feel like it should be a, like the Mandalorian, the video game. To me, sounds like yeah. Have you? That's did- what I got watching the second episode. Was like this would be a cool video game. I don't yeah. dig it as a TV show. Okay. I think it's going to win you over because of – and that's the meat of this, guys. And so it's been said, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's already won me over. Let's get that out of the way. Baby Yoda uh, is a big thing, and I've seen some chat here that it's like these spoilers are, are getting out of control because I've seen Baby Yoda all over Twitter. The spoiler stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. I apologize again, guys, that we're, that we're doing this, especially to our U.K. friends, but – I know that it's probably out there, but you have to talk about Baby Yoda oh, it's, to talk it's, about it's this episode. And it is amazing. I'm having, so cute. And we know it's not Yoda. Yes, we know that I've seen clear. a lot of people that are saying that that's Yoda. No. Now, but it's like you're going to call it Baby Yoda. You're gonna, it's, the, it's the Yoda species. Yeah. And we don't know what that is yet. So do you think even that – Even if you did, Baby Yoda is just going to be the name. It just floats off the tongue. There's going to be toys. And that's the thing too. We're going to get – we're getting – we're right at the holidays. They're going to be selling Baby Yodas it's everywhere. It's the same thing with the Porgs where it's like I know what you're doing, god damn it, but yeah. it's working. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I – this for me now – I want to get into the meat of the conversation here because I've seen some great theories out there. Could this be an actual clone of Yoda or are they going to – this is a species of a Yoda-type character and they want this and the bounty is to bring it over to the client and or Werner Herzog and he wants to clone it for its force abilities. I'm leaning towards there. But I see people saying and talking about could it actually be a clone of Yoda? I'm up for both. What do you think? Did Yoda – is that something in deep canon that I'm missing? Well, Was somebody, Yoda cloned? Somebody brought something up. Our very own Ace Cabrera who is on Jedi Council. Ooh. When Qui-Gon Jinn took some blood samples from Anakin, young Anakin at that point and tested the midichlorians – sorry, I know. I'm bringing up midichlorians – he said that you have more midichlorian count than Yoda. So it got him to thinking that, well, then maybe there's blood of Yoda somewhere and maybe the emperor got its, his hands on it and maybe that's the contingency plan that happened after Return of the Jedi. See, now we're getting sweaty. Did I lose you? I, kind I, of. Why? Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like a big stretch. Yeah. I, it's I, like 
I would be with you if it was like Luke's cloned arm that right. uh, got mixed with Yoda's DNA Ooh. that became Yoda with two O's, like Luke with two U's. Oh, you're I'm b- with you. You're bringing up the uh, the Timothy Zahn novels, right? Maybe. Yeah. It's okay. not canon. It's not canon, no. But I see where you're going with this, and I like that idea. I'm personally wondering because the doctor in this episode or the first episode did have a Camino clone – cloning badge or patch, I should say, that hints that this is where they're going. I would say that the simplest answer is probably that it's going to boil down to is he going to turn over this thing to the bad guys or not? And yes. we're all going to look at a baby Yoda, which is a baby version of a character we all love and yes. be like, oh, we're, we're siding with you. on." And, and I think that's where they're but going. But it could be a clone and like a whole thing. Who I wonder, knows? I wonder if they're going to go there because I want to go here real quick. Getting back to the length of this, getting back to the idea that it's just a lot of walking for the Mandalorian and not a lot has happened in this. It reminds me of animated shows in the Star Wars universe like The Clone Wars and Rebels. Dave Filoni being an architect of one of, of, of all of those really. And it made a lot of sense to me when I see the length because I know a number of people are like, why is this so short? And so I'm like, well, it's because I don't know. I don't know why it's so short. I thought we were getting an hour a la kind of like a Game of Thrones in space. I think a lot of people wanted that. But then I consider who's in it, who's doing this. And it makes sense that Dave Dave Filoni and everybody involved there would be like, hey, we're going to start this off slow. And as the story starts to expand, i.e., we're having the Mando finally leave the planet wherever he was with Baby Yoda in tow – and he's going somewhere where we don't know yet. This world is going to get bigger. And I think because of that, we're also going to get longer episodes. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, this is like uncharted territory with Disney Plus. So this if they is. want to set a precedent of we don't have fixed runtimes, why not? Why not, right? If we can get an even longer episode, I think we're getting there, guys. And I think we are. So I want to get some questions in here. From the chat, I want to see what you guys are talking about. It's like a Mogwai Gizmo, says Thelonious. I buy that, yeah. I mean, it has the same ears and everything. But first episode, thank you, Rob Kroll. Episode one, 38 minutes. Episode two, 30 minutes. We end with episode eight at eight minutes. I don't think they're going backwards. It would seem that they are here, but I think we're going to get longer. But back to this clone thing. Cody, what are your thoughts on cloning? What is you your thought of the co- yeah. nope. Cody? You're the closest. you're the closest person to having a clone between me, Riley, and you. Yeah, uh, I do because have of your son. Yeah, come on. Are, oh, Cody, would you, having seen the Mandalorian, I don't have to ask you much more than this. Would you look at this and go, "This is if my kid was old enough, I would show him the Mandalorian." Oh yeah, he's adorable. Yeah, Cody, have you already shown? Your kid, the Mandalorian. He's been in the room while I've watched him. That's good. I guess it counts. Does he does he kick at all? Does he kind of go, oh, yeah, there's something going on, or is he just looking to get fed and get changed? He'll stare at the TV for a few seconds and then stare another way. And then he moves yeah. on. I like yeah. that. So if we consider the implications of it's Return of the Jedi. It's after Return of the Jedi. The clones are dead from what we know, right? Clones, the Clone Wars happened. Attack of the Clones, Episode 2 happened. Revenge of the Sith. Then we get... The original trilogy, Obi-Wan mentions all the clones from the past, the Clone Wars, yada, yada, yada. We get to Return of the Jedi. It ends. We're here five years later. There is a scene in The Force Awakens when they talk about clones again. 
could we be seeing – I thought about this at one point. I want to get the take of everybody in the, uh, uh, in the chat here, and we can maybe do it with some phone calls later. Could there be another clone – not wars, but clone something on the horizon? Yeah. My, my, not, so this kind of goes – this goes to one of my other complaints with the show is that I don't know who it's for. That's what right. I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out like – the tone, but one thing that does seem really clear to me is that this isn't made for like the hardcore Star Wars community that you know knows about cloning and all this stuff. Like, I feel like this is a very they're going to go a very mainstream. Yeah, well, they route. have to to launch their yeah. So that's why app. I think the Baby Yoda is just like here's a recognizable character that you've seen. They're just trying or to get species, right? Yeah, it's it like people be. that are trying to. Switch over from Netflix and it's like, oh, we can watch a Star Wars TV show. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that they're going to work in some deep like prequel mythology into this. See, that's where I disagree because I think – Well, you're wrong. (laughs) We're we're done. We're done. I think because Filoni is involved in this thing and Jon Favreau is such a sweaty nerd for this kind of stuff is that they put that cloning patch there for a reason. For shows like this, for people out there that want this, because I think if they were to get it and open it up a bit, yeah, mainstream, we got to get there. We got the baby Yoda and it's already a hit. But I think that they can really win over some people and it would be in story if they explain like, no, 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 we brought back clones. We brought back this thing that we're doing and it 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 could make sense in story. And I wonder – let's get right to that moment. That I wanted to see that I think Mark Fernandez, if you're listening at home, you were right on the money with this. We talked about the idea of the Big Mac, right, is, is, is our favorite kind of metaphor to describe that. We like the Force in our Star Wars. We want references to the Force. We want Jedi. We want Force users. And we said, are they going to introduce a Force user in this or is it going to be the criminal element, bounty hunters, just random characters? And in episode two, we're right there. Force character, front and center. This to me is that I'm thinking that they're trying – the doctor is trying to get this to clone this creature to get force users to use them in a new clone army and a new wave of, of supporters of the emperor. There's so much there to discover. I think I, think I might really think that this could happen. And everybody is saying I have spoken in this thing. Well, I, I do love that. I do love that. Uh, uh, this one says spoiler. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Actually, I'm going to move on to the next. Everybody right. is saying I have spoken. But do you think that it would be smart to do this, to go back to this, quote unquote, the well of having clones involved in some way in the plot? Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? Well, you're actually – we'll tease something, but we won't go all the way there. You're a fan of the prequels. Uh, I have a complicated relationship with the prequels, as I'm sure most people do. Expand, please. Uh, so they came out at like the perfect time for me. I right. was in like the age. middle school, high school. I thought that they were amazing. Attack of the Clones was my favorite of the Star Wars films for so long. Attack of the Clones was? And then I watched them again okay. as an adult, and I was like, dear God, these are horrible. <laughs> and so I, happens. I can appreciate the time in my life mm-hmm. that I watched it, and I think that George Lucas has like said that he made Star Wars for kids. It's like it was the prequels are really. I think they were they more got, geared I had, for I kids. I've never seen the original trilogy or anything. Wow! So your first introduction to Star Wars <laughs> was, 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 the, yeah. was Phantom Menace and the prequels. So That's they, fantastic. they got me into Star Wars. I love them. There's a lot of 
greatness to yeah. some of them. Yeah. Uh, but they're pretty horrible. They, they have grown on me. I have a very good appreciation of them now, and I had a complicated relationship with them to start because I did start – everybody knows I started with the original trilogy. I love it. I think they're the best three films in all of Star Wars. I love them to death. And then I saw Phantom Menace, and I wanted to love it. And I explained to my roommate why it was so great. I yelled at my roommate telling him, no, the movie is great. You know why? Because of this, because of that, because of this, because of that. I saw it six times in theaters. And then after a while, before Attack of the Clones, I had to admit to myself – the movie wasn't that good, and I can't explain why. But the other thing that I think is okay. that every Star Wars movie is flawed the same way that, like, the prequels in some way are flawed. Yeah. Like, none of these were perfect, so it's, you know, you got to forgive them. They're movies. Right. Uh, I think that the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi are worse than Jar Jar Binks. Yep. They I've heard that many times. Absolutely ruined that movie for me. A lot of people had problems with C-3PO in A New Hope. I yeah, thought he was so too annoying. There's dumb stuff in all of it. And that's the that's charm of, of yeah, Star Wars. Absolutely. That's what I love. I grew up with the Ewoks, and I think they're fantastic. When I saw Jar Jar Binks, I was like, ooh, yikes. And then again, it's coming back around, and I think a lot of people – and I'm wondering what it's going to be because I just did my Star Wars ranking. You guys who know us, who know Collider, we are doing a Star Wars ranking video series, top ten Star Wars movies in order. The fans vote. The voting has come in, and I finally recorded my portion of it, mm-hmm. and I was surprised at a lot of the different movies that landed in their spots. I haven't, I haven't heard the list yet. Yeah, we, and I can, I'm not going to explain the list, but I just found it fascinating that people are looking back on the prequels, and they're with some – they're liking them. Well, I think yeah, – And I'm the, wondering how the same thing is going to happen with the sequel trilogy, if it will happen. Yeah, I think the same way that the original trilogy, you look at it, the original trilogy created something. Right. It's like blockbuster franchise that took over the world. Yep. The prequel trilogy pushed special effects. Like, yeah. We wouldn't be where we are today with these like Thanos and the Marvel movies if exactly. George Lucas hadn't done that. And that's amazing. Exactly. And you go back. I've – again, like you said, I we can't say what – we're working on something else. Right. So I've been uh, watching the prequels. A lot. Uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and – a lot of the stuff holds up in this weird way because it is this weird green screen world. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't. It's not dated in the way some movies are. Right, and it doesn't feel as lived in, you know, yeah. because the original trilogy. So let me go back. You saw the prequels first. When did you come around to the original trilogy? Uh, after I had seen probably Attack of the Clones, okay. I went back and watched them. And I thought the original trilogy was kind of boring. Wow. When I, was, I, I was in high school. It's hey, like listen. Attack of the Clones. I'm in love with Natalie Portman. I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, the original trilogy, not so much. Because if it was – But now but now going back, I see, I see the good in it and yeah. I love the original trilogy. There it is. What do you think of the sequels? What do you think of Force Awakens, The Last Jedi? I know Rogue One's your favorite now. Rogue One is my favorite. So that's that's very telling as well. So I love this conversation. So I love the the idea of you revisiting these things when other people are, are at different time frames. So mm-hmm. uh, Last Jedi and Force Awakens, what did you think? I liked The Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, it felt really safe. Yeah. And it was just like, this I, is fun I, to watch. Uh, that word's used a lot with Force Awakens. And Which I, I don't I, think, it's not a bad thing at all. It's not a bad uh, thing. I think when you have a billion dollar franchise or a four, do- $4 billion dollar franchise and the first movie out of the gate is Force Awakens, it makes a lot of sense to me. Absolutely. So what about The Last Jedi? Not a fan. Not a fan. Okay. I understand. 
I understand. I'm, I am slowly starting to realize because I had a conversation with two of my best friends who love Star Wars. They love everything about Star Wars. They find the good in the prequels. They grew up with the original trilogy. I thought for sure they would share my opinion on The Last Jedi, and no, they both did not like it. They really didn't like it. I think The Last Jedi suffers from a lot of the problems that we complain about the prequels suffering from. Really? It's, yeah, it's this weird, like, magical, non-Star Wars feeling thing. Okay. And, like, the prequels coming from the original trilogy give you that, like, yeah. gut punch of, this is weird, this is different. This doesn't feel like Star Wars? Yeah, it just it felt like a Harry Potter blockbuster yeah. Disney movie. I've heard that. I think there's a lot of Star Wars in there, and then I think there's a lot of stuff that veered off of Star Wars to do something different, which is why I loved it, but... Everybody's opinion is right. See, this is the thing about this divisiveness of Star Wars and people yelling and screaming at each other on both sides, whether it's, you know, you like The Last Jedi and you're, you're wrong or you don't like The Last Jedi and you're wrong. Everybody's opinion is right. It's just or, all about how we talk about since it. Since I'm a glass half empty kind of guy, yeah. everybody's opinion is wrong. And it's, that's the beauty of it is that – That could work too. Things, things can be stupid and you can still love them. Yeah. That's where I'm going. I just ultimately – I just, If somebody likes Attack of the Clones, God bless you. If somebody likes The Last Jedi, God bless you as well. But isn't it all about just having a conversation about it? So are you looking forward to Rise of Skywalker or are you kind of just like, yeah. Are we not boycotting anymore? That's We're not we... boycotting anymore. I mean, there might be some people boycotting, but I'm certainly not. Uh, what about you? Are you boycotting still? I will not be boycotting. Okay. So are you uh, excited about it? Did the, the last trailer, did Space Horses do it for you? Was it the voiceover? Was it like, what was it? Any, If anything. Or is it just kind of more of the same? No, my, I'm not super excited. I'm okay. not going to boycott it, but it's yeah. – I just don't know where we are anymore. There's no – there's yeah. no sense of direction of nothing to hang on to. Mm. What can I expect in this next one? It was a legacy tra- uh, trailer for me. Yeah. It really was. It was like I think that they're not showing a lot on purpose because I think that the Rise of Skywalker is going to blow our mother effing mind. I hope so. I think it's going to – I think we're going to see Force Ghost galore. I think we're going to have lightsaber battles all over the place. I think there's going to be special Easter eggs dropped throughout. I think characters that surprise you – we know Lando's coming back, but I think there are going to be other characters that come back where you're like, what? I think it's something that – it's like all hands on deck because at one point, J.J. Abrams did say The Last Jedi inspired him to take more risks. But what is that? How can you take risks on the last movie of this trilogy or can you or should you? And I think he will and I think you should. At this point, why not? Yeah. Like it's been so like muddled up and – Right. It's a different – you know, the tones have switched and who knows where we're at. Why not just mix it up? Yeah, I, I, I get that feeling too. I have the greatest hope and I have the greatest – what am I trying to say? Support for J.J. Abrams. I think J.J. Abrams can do this movie very, very well. But at the end of the day, it's not up to me to say what the fans are going to love or not love. And we'll see how it goes. Cody, I do want to open the phone lines and get some calls in here and hear from you guys. We can talk about everything. To, to finish off the conversation of The Mandalorian, now I know you the way you feel. Some of you in the chat, when you call, please tell me what you're thinking. I think that the baby Yoda with the Force was the whole crux of the series. This is going to be the through line, and it's going to come down to that moment. The Mandalorian is going to be forced to choose between giving that creature away and doing the wrong thing I or the right thing. I hope that 
I kind of hope that that happens soon, and it it doesn't because everybody who watches that episode sees that that's where it's going. Right. So it could either be a good thing or a bad thing. What I'm wondering though is how it factors into what we've already seen in the sequel trilogy. If this is going to lead into anything, for me, it's because we I haven't heard anything. I yeah, and so I'm thinking there's a finite thing happening with this creature. But I think they know that. I think Favreau knows that and I think Filoni knows that. I think all the directors, these fantastic directors who are doing this thing, I think they know that. So hopefully we can get some surprises coming, some shocks. I'm excited to see where it goes. What about you guys? I want to hear you guys and what you have to say. And uh, looking at some of the – looking at some of the chat rooms here – uh, JJ can do it, but all the stuff going on behind the scenes gives me pause, Thelonious says. Like JJ said, they had to start from scratch, but why would Colin Trevorrow get a writing credit? That's interesting. Great question too. Um, it just was revealed that J.J. Abrams, Ampersand, Chris Terrio wrote the script together, but that a story by credit was given to Colin Trevorrow. And Colin Trevorrow was fired off a thing, but in WGA arbitration, that means – Enough of his story was used in The Rise of Skywalker to warrant that story credit. See, this is already just like whoosh, over, over your head. head. If, like, does it yeah. matter? It's, does it matter because it has well, to just it, it, it has to be great it, it for does, the story. Well, I think it just shows that everything's just muddled, muddied, and like that's pro- yeah. There's no clear. It would have been so cool if like the sequel trilogy was like planned out as this self-contained thing and then you had all these other things like the Mandalorian that like does this offshoot of this and mm-hmm. then you've got the solo films that go off and do their own thing. Yeah. But I mean, now it just seems this? like this or I meant solo is in like the individual. Oh, right, right. Oh, but also it, solo it. Yeah. was a solo film. <laughs> uh, Did you like solo? No. Yeah. I had a problem with Solo, but there are moments that I really adore in that thing. But it was just – you talk about safe and you talk about Ron Howard coming in and steering the ship to the finish line. He did that well. But it was just safe. It just didn't offer anything new for me that I got in Rogue One because Rogue One ended with the greatest thing ever, which is Darth Vader stabbing people in oh, the yeah. face with a Absolutely. I loved it so much. Solo gave us something we didn't – nobody was asking for. Yeah, and that's what – I think when you talk about Rogue One, I think the reason why Rogue One – I've heard this before – Many, many people have Rogue One as one of their favorites because it actually showed you that there are stories within the Star Wars universe that can be told without the main characters, without uh, a recognizable name behind it in that like, oh, there's there's a young Luke Skywalker, there's a young Han Solo or a Yoda or a Jabba the Hutt or a Princess Leia or a blah, 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 blah. This is just characters we never met before with with an experience that we've heard of in the opening crawl of the first movie. So – I can understand that. Cody, any call? You... Yep, we got a call coming in. All right. I'm going to ask this question to the caller. Yeah, we're going to ask it for the caller. Hey there, you're on Rula 2. What's your name? What's your question? What's going on, guys? My name's Jared from Massachusetts. How are we doing tonight? Good. How are you? What's your question not tonight? Bad, not too bad. Good. Oh, just uh, chiming in on the Mandalorian conversation. Please do. Um, yeah, my little um, theory is um, kind of goes along with the whole I feel like he is going to turn in Baby Yoda, which is the most adorable thing in Star Wars history. Yes. <laughs> and you can tell that they spent, but, like, their visual effects budget on Baby Yoda. Yeah. The little, like, T-Rex thing he rides looks not very oh good. Oh, my God. But then they cut to these shots of Yoda, and it's just like... Yeah. Well, he's pra- from what I've heard, it's practical with some CGI for the face, and that makes sense. So 
So uh, right, I've been very happy with the show so far. Me but too. But I feel like he will turn it in, but um, have that second thought, and that's where Janino uh, Geronimo's character will come in and help him rescue Baby Yoda and get it back from the Empire. Ooh, that's a good that's a good Do call. Do you think it's going to tie into the sequel trilogy at all? Great question. No, I don't think it'll tie into the sequel trilogy at all because um, just timing-wise, just behind-the-scenes things. And as much as I have actually really enjoyed all the sequel um, trilogy m- movies so far, I don't... I, I have to agree that I don't feel like there was a big sit down at the beginning in you know 2013 here's the basic idea yeah. i feel everybody was given a lot of leeway i mean as a fan it's worked for me i've enjoyed what i've seen um last jedi is really good in my opinion yeah but uh i i don't foresee it tying in at all i think this is going to get self-contained and kind of tucked away over there yeah and you know enjoy it and just enjoy it side this corner on disney plus making all the uh the disney money Thank you for your call and great call at that. Uh, appreciate you. you calling in. I tend to agree that I don't know if it's going to link into anything with the sequel trilogy, nor does it need to. Because when you start talking about Baby Yoda, like why wouldn't they if, – if this thing continues to go, why aren't they maybe talking about it in the sequel trilogy? But then it goes to another point that was brought up. I don't think they had all their ducks in a row when they sat down no, to prepare and- this trilogy. And I think that's the biggest – Takeaway from this situation that Disney found themselves in with Lucasfilm, which is you have these great directors. Why aren't they all sitting together talking about the through line of this, needing the characters we need to make? And like, yes, the, the, the sequel trilogy movies work for me very well, but I can see that disconnect happening. And it's weird that they didn't – that there was no like discernible plan from the beginning because you look yeah. at – like. Whether you're a Marvel fan or a DC fan, it's pretty hard to look at the MCU and not see that from a business perspective as like a success. Of yeah, like, right. Whether uh, you like they, the movies or not, yeah, you've got to admit they, that these they are didn't successful have, box office-wise. They didn't have the plan for Avengers when they made Iron Man, but pretty soon after they realized what they had, they set up a plan that was more or less – you right, know, they followed it because then in Iron Man two they started to introduce Avengers. Whereas watching the DC EU, mm-hmm. they had a rocky start at the beginning. Right, and Disney came in after all that had happened. Right, pretty Timeline much. Was, yeah, two thousand fifteen was the very first yeah, Star Wars you'd, movie to you'd hit think theaters. That you'd look at that and get some sort of an idea. Right. Yeah. The, there's a there's a thought here that two thousand fifteen is well into. The MCU, a parent company in Disney's un, – un, under Disney's yeah. arm. So why, why, they wouldn't, just... why wouldn't they look at that? And I think – well, I think they were, but I think they were doing it separately. I think that they were looking at a shared universe of – not shared universe, but a universe of movies like Rogue One and Solo because they had those dated that it's like, oh, well, we can just go off and everything is connected and or canon. So mm-hmm. I think they had that idea, but it's the sequel trilogy that – the planning there of like Lucas had a plan for New Hope. He had some kind of some hints at what we could see in Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, if that doesn't work, we don't even have Star Wars anymore. Yeah. That's what I feel like because he knew then to add Yoda and create more of the 
kind of force and the mythology behind it and what that that big mythology of how many Jedi are left. So he had that set up. Then there is another. He knew about Leia. He t- at least at that point, I think he said that he was going to maybe have another sibling out there for Luke. But then early on in the development, maybe even close after Empire came out, he said it's Leia. So, but he knew what was going on. He was there. He handpicks. Irvin Kirshner, he handpicks Robert, uh, um, Richard Marquand. So there's a kind of a uniform through line for the trilogy that we don't really feel like here. There's not a lot of tone poems. Right. <laughs> the tone that's, poems. That's, uh... We have another call. You're on Rule of Two. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, what's up, you guys? This is uh, Jason Tucker. Um, hey, Jason. From Denver. Hi, Jason from, Tucker Denver. from Denver. Welcome from yeah, Denver. Man. What's your question today, Jason? Man, I love the show. Thank um, you. You know, I threw out a little sarcastic thing earlier on the chat about a bunch of movies that weren't great, Back to the Future and Endgame and Empire Strikes Back and all this. And I, I guess the not so much a question, but uh, well, I guess it is a question. The question I have is when we analyze Star Wars, and we're all deep fans, we're super deep cut fans and we love the lore. Yeah. Um, but when we analyze it, uh, the question I have is, can we start to maybe tier our appreciation for star Wars? We tend to look at it in a binary sense where it's either great or it's horrible. Yeah. And a lot of times there's different tiers to our love for it. And I think the binary way of looking at it kind of log jams a lot of the conversation because I mean, when you have a great film, you don't have to really defend it. And mm-hmm. so I feel like there's a lot of defending and um, kind of debating around stuff that maybe it's just okay, it's not great, mm-hmm. and we can agree on that probably more so than trying to figure out if The Last Jedi is a great film when it's objectively, at least in my opinion, it's not. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And by the way, uh, you guys should also spend a little bit of time to talk about this amazing video game that just came out a yes. couple days too, Fallen Order off the hook so anyway love the show he loves you guys um keep it going man thank you very much jason i appreciate your kind words and your question uh let's address a couple things one yes fallen order uh has come out are you playing frank i am not i I unfortunately haven't played it yet uh but we are aware of its existence. <laughs> we are aware of its existence. Here's how maybe I... stuff coming down the road. Really? We'll oh, I like this. You know something I don't. Yeah. There it is. Uh, we will probably talk about it. I wonder. I know Fernandez has played it. Uh, he can speak on it more than I have. I have yet to even play one frame of this game. I have yet to go get it. I almost. I looked at it. I was at Target the other day. I went. Do I want to buy this right now? When I know that my fiance is getting it for me for Christmas, so oh, I know that I'm going to have. Only if you've been good. Only if I've been good. This is very true, which I, I guess I, I don't know. Well, well that's debatable. Um, I am going to play it. You can check out our review. The review is up right now at Collider Games here on at Collider. Um, some really good people have played this thing. Um, Dorian's so been that. playing it during work hours. Dorian plays it during work hours, and I'm jealous of everything he's doing. So that's fine, but. Um, Anyways, that's that. As far as the bigger question here or statement that opens up a conversation, doesn't it feel like we're not talking about Star Wars anymore as much as we're yelling about Star Wars? Is that what – like for somebody that does – that grew up with the prequels, that saw the original trilogy, that you know is kind of okay with the sequels and loved Rogue One, what do you make of all this? Because you're outside of 
kind of somewhat of this kind of thing that I do, sit behind a microphone and talk and, and hear people's thoughts and all this. I see a lot of yelling. What do, you, what, do you, what do you make of this? I feel like a lot of the yelling is in like this bubble that we're in, which yeah. is like people who work in entertainment industry. Right. People who are like super hardcore fans, they're the ones who are going to get passionate enough yeah. to yell about something. If I will go – like I don't think the majority of people are as angry as we're being led to believe. Agreed. I think that um, the bubble that we are in, the Star Wars bubble, is that a bubble. And it, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for – No. I don't think people are more negative now maybe than they have been in the past. We just hear it more. Yeah. I think that um, when Empire Strikes Back came out, somebody showed me a bunch of reviews mm-hmm. from the time and they weren't very kind. They thought, jump the shark. They didn't understand where it was going. Why did it end on cliffhanger? There's a lot of that. And that was back in the day. It didn't have social media. If Empire Strikes Back came out today, I think we'd be talking about this movie very differently. Yeah. And right and now when are you when are when are you going to yell about something? It's like right now we got new Star Wars movies like this is the time to get passionate. Yeah. And like that's one way to look at it. Star Wars, who knows 10 years from now if Disney's going to be making more stuff. Right. Could they sell it off themselves? I don't think they would let it go, not at least right now, but so if, it's you're, a pa- good if point. you're passionate, go ahead and yell. I just be nice about it. That's exactly what – yes, I agree with that 100 percent. But if you look at your average Star Wars viewer or average Star Wars fan, I bring up my sister. I bring up her husband. I bring up my mother who I hear talking and they go, I want to see that new Star Wars movie. Oh, absolutely. And Every it, time I go home to people who aren't part of this, this yeah, and you hear them talk about, oh, yeah, that new Star Wars movie with the – isn't Luke in it again? Yeah. It's like they're, they're not – I talked to my mom about this. And we were doing something. I can't remember what it was. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, like The Last Jedi. It did really well, didn't it? And I said, well, it did well box office. And she went, well, what does that mean? I go, well, there are people that hate that movie. And she went, why? And I said, I, you know, it's like teach their own. And she's like, oh, I liked it. That's as far as she went. Yeah. So I get it. It's the general fandom. But I understand why people are upset sometimes they want to yell about this they're passionate at the end of the day sh- every star wars opinion is right in my opinion i they should clarify it. that i'm not just like saying that you shouldn't be passionate well, when, well, no i didn't when get that. the last pirates of the caribbean movie came out i lost my shit because they like there it is undid all the canon of the previous four movies <laughs> in these like horrible horrible ways and i lost my mind and i yelled about it the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are your Star Wars oh, movies. Oh, absolutely. See, and I can understand. And that's your prerogative. You like pirates, and that's fine. And I'll yell about it if I'm mad. Damn Gosh, it. dang it. Damn right you are. Uh, Cody, if we have any other calls, please let me know. We do have a call. You're on Rula 2. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, what's going on, man? My name's Aaron. Hey, uh, Aaron. Good on the show, man. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Glad Hi, you're calling Aaron. in, Aaron. Uh, what's your question today? So here's my thought, I guess. It's more of a thought than a question. But um, so me and a couple of my friends were doing the math on the age of this uh, Yoda baby. Yoda, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Okay. <clears throat> so he's 50 years old. 50, right. And we're going to put him roughly at the same age as Anakin okay. would be. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Do you think that there's any relevance here with this whole cloning thing or creation with, you know, 
the stuff that that I guess Plagueis would have taught to Sidious about mm-hmm. you know creating life through Metachlorians. Do you right. think there's any relevance here with 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 I guess the Metachlorian aspect of things? Just because John Favreau seems to love playing in the original trilogy era, right? And that's kind of you know the the bread and butter of you know what George Lucas was doing back then, right? It's a great question. Thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate it. And I think that when you do the math. Oh, I've done the math. I've done the math now. And I think there's a reason why they put it at 50 years old. And I don't know if there's any implication if it's connected to Anakin, but there is a reason why. And then what occurred to me is when you have John Favreau, the caller mentions that he's he loves the original trilogy. He kind of grew up with it like me. And then you have Dave Filoni, who's big prequel guy who knows the ins and out of canon, prequels, did Clone Wars, did Rebels, all these different things. And if you put those two together with two different sensibilities that share one common love of Star Wars, there's something there. I'm not saying it's going to be fulfilled, but there is something there. I have no idea how they're going to do it, if it connects to Anakin, if it's a clone or whatnot. But I think that's a great call to do the math, literally, yeah. and to connect it all the way back to that time frame that could possibly see something. The Emperor is no longer alive, so we know, in this era, but we don't know how he comes back in Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. There is a canon offshoot, Aftermath book series, Battlefront Two went into it, the contingency plan that the Emperor did put out there upon his death. There might be something there that's connected to Baby Yoda, and now you've just added more logs to this fire. 50 years connected to Anakin, Darth Sidious. What are we talking here? So I don't know. I think something, though, I think it's on purpose for all of you and all of us to talk about. So I wouldn't mind if they made it a midi-chlorian thing. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I, like, I didn't like the midi-chlorians when it first came out, but I've, I've again, I've said the prequels I've come back around on, but I think expand always, on that. Because, and it might just be because my first introduction to the Force was that it was from midi-chlorians. Yeah. But I like that galaxy more because it's not like anybody can become a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because then you get into this thing of, like, anybody can have these superpowers. It's like... That's why the Rogue One type film is so interesting is you're stuck with normal people who right. live in a world of superheroes basically. It's a very it's, good call. It's not like they can just go off and train for a couple of years and come back and levitate things. It's like you weren't born with that. Right. You got to figure out your own way in the world. Yeah, it's a great call, dude. I love that thought. Cody, do we have any more calls? We're going to take this call, a last call of the show and then wrap it up because we got some work to do after this. Hi there, you're on Rule of Two. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, how's it going? This is Ed from Miami. Hey, Ed. What's up, Ed from Miami. What's your uh, question today? Well, it's actually the uh, same as the last call. Not really a question, more of just a thought. I was just wondering if any of you guys over there have um, have realized something that I have recently. It's regarding Adam Driver and uh, Harrison Ford. Oh. Um, I've, I've noticed that... Uh, that coincidentally they play father and son in this whole Star Wars saga, mm-hmm. and saga. they're not exactly they. Harrison Ford wasn't the lead of the original trilogy; that would be more Mark Hamill, and Adam Driver is of course not the lead for the sequel trilogy. Right, that would be Daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed that although they're not the lead characters, they're 
Harrison Ford's career is the one that took off amongst um, his co-stars in the original trilogy. The same as Adam Driver's career, I would I would argue is definitely um, uh, more successful and has just gone far and beyond what John Boyega's and Daisy's has. Right. And also, in terms of their personalities, they seem to be very reserved in interviews and just their whole personalities about big blockbuster films and the whole um, sci-fi thing. Um, you know, they're into it, but they're much more not in your face about it. They seem much more quiet and relaxed about the whole enthusiasm that uh, the entire fandom has. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that that was a, I just, uh, that just came across my mind recently. And I thought that that was pretty interesting that coincidentally they play father and son yeah. in the story. And their 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 lives have kind of taken on the same kind of parallels in terms of their success, and they weren't even the leads of their respective trilogies. Yeah, that's it's a really a, interesting point. It's a great observation. Thank you much for the call. I wonder uh, if that's something to do with because they're not the lead, they get to play the like the reason that Boba Fett was so cool. Right, knows that we didn't focus on him. It's like is Adam Driver set up to be more successful because he gets to be the cool. Yeah, the cool like, villain. Yeah, I think it's a great observation. I think it's um, you can you can do what I'm about to do and just go, damn man, it's the echoes of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. It's father and son. It's very simple. You can look at it as great casting. Is that they're looking for somebody to play Han Solo's son, so they get somebody that reminds us of Han Solo mm-hmm. in his demeanor and his understated kind of way of speaking. Because Adam Driver is very, he seems very chill. He seems very just kind Adam of. Driver's the best part of the sequel trilogy. Hands down, yeah. his, his is the great, uh, is the greatest character I think in the sequel trilogy. The most fascinating, complex, all these different things. But I also think it's just good timing, and I think it just, you know, this Adam Driver has been working quite a bit before Star Wars. I mean, I think of Inside Lewin Davis, um, but I'm trying to remember other than Girls. Obviously, he was in Girls, but. Now it's really taken off, and I think what the caller is like looking at and you were kind of talking about is that these parts are written in a certain way oh, because so, – Yeah, make you seem so badass that it's like, yeah, cast that guy in another thing. Yeah, there's that, but there's also like the idea that they're the more complex because Daisy Ridley Ray follows the hero's journey like Luke did. Well, and so, if you ask Salty George Lucas if you about look that, at, if he would uh, disagree. Salty George Lucas definitely disagrees with me. But I think it comes down to the idea that these characters are written a certain way. And Han Solo was – I think Han Solo was the cool guy. He was the audience that yeah. we were identifying with. The Force, pff, hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a blaster at your side, kid. That's the audience going, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but I need – give me a blaster because that I know can work. The same could maybe be kind of looked at with Adam Driver who – maybe not the audience. You're looking through his eyes, but he's definitely the most fascinating of the new series. And I think audiences pick up on that and he has to be a good actor in order to play it this way and also people are noticing. So Frank, thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I love having you here, dude. You are an unsung hero at Collider. You kick ass. Thank you. Your editing skills are are few and far between so thank you for joining me you're one of the nicest guys i've ever met in my life this Um, is fun do you go on twitter at all uh at frank the editor frank the editor we'll post some more cool behind the scenes stuff of the star wars deep fakes we do yeah so get excited for that crazy ideas send them to me i love that 
Check out Frank the Editor on Twitter. He does show some great behind-the-scenes stuff. Thank you again for joining me and, uh, and to Cody? everybody. Yeah. Cody, uh, if we wanted to follow you. Uh, I'm at the real Cody Hall, Frank. Thanks oh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cody yeah, Hall, buddy. the real Cody Hall. Thank you again Cody, to Cody Hall. have you been Hall. here this whole time? He has. Yeah, I've been oh, watching. Oh, wow. wow. I want to thank Cody for not only doing Mailbag with me on this past Saturday, but also, Cody, Ooh. you got something coming up on Wednesday, don't you? Boom, Rumor Mill, your new host. That's right, Cody Hall is going to be doing Rumor Mill this Wednesday. Check it out. It starts I heard at t- a rumor. What? That Cody Hall is an amazing host. He is. He's one of the best people I know as well as you are. So thank you, everybody out there on Rule of Two, joining us here on this episode 67. Appreciate everybody here. Mark Fernandez will be back next week. Please tell him I say hello, or I say hello. Please say hello to him. You can find him at Mark Fernandez. You can find me at Riley Around 67. It's in the book of Rule of Two here on Collider One, uh, Collider Podcast One's Jedi Council feed if you're listening at home, and on Collider Video every Monday at 5 p.m. PST. We will see you next week with an all-new episode. <gasps> Thanks for having me. I love you. Rise. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.